Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Bright Kumalo, tackling your stock-related questions this evening. Are Jean-Pierre Foster from Protea Capital Management and Roy Mutoni from APSA Asset Management. Send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, interesting turn of events in the markets. I mean, uh, since Friday, we've been going in one direction and uh, locally we saw a bit of green uh, how did we close roy um yeah so so the the market's traded firmer today but but the hangover caught up eventually when the us <laughs> opened when yeah. the us opened um yeah we ended we ended up going down just like everybody else so ah. the nervousness is still there to be honest um especially among the large caps you saw some positives in the smaller caps um, and that's where i think a lot of the action is but among the large caps pretty much everything sold off very little was in the posit was was on the positive side yeah and i mean jp should we should we should we be worried as long-term investor about you know what uh, neil kashkari and his mates are saying i mean uh, he seemed to be saying that he's very happy that the market is finally catching up to reality and being negative i, I don't understand why he's celebrating uh, you know, reverse wealth, you know, happening here. I don't understand. Well, I think firstly, what the Fed wants is that people just um, decrease the expectations for growth and not uh, put money into asset prices because that creates inflation. Uh, so uh, in that sense, it's good to see that the Fed's uh, verbal response to the current situation is having an impact. And it might mean that they ultimately would need to raise rates not quite as much in the case if their verbal intervention did not make an impact. So that is the positive. As long-term investors, you shouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. As long as the shares that you own are fairly valued. If the shares that you own are expensive, even if you're a long-term shareholder, uh, you could see quite a drop in the value of your long-term holdings uh, because of what is happening. And you might already have seen a drop in the last six months in global markets. So um, remember also that markets are forward-looking. So just because the Fed is saying that rates might rise further doesn't mean that markets are already discounting that. And therefore, I do think that in a lot of high-quality shares, most of the rise in interest rates has already been discounted, and therefore long-term shareholders shouldn't be too worried as long as you've stuck with quality shares. So I like that. Uh, investors should stick with quality shares, not macroeconomics, schmeconomics. Um, let's jump into our questions. We, we, we have a question on Twitter from Eden who says, Good day. Is there a bear case for Anglo-American currently, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, three to five years, so short to medium term? Uh, is there a valid reason why one shouldn't buy the shares currently, Roy? That's an, interesting, that's an interesting way to put that question, and I'll do it on the one hand and on the other. So during times of slowing global growth, you generally want to move away from commodity shares because commodity shares tend to, tend to thrive when growth is positive, interest rates are low, and people are investing, particularly the Chinese and developed markets. 
However, we're in a slightly different situation right now. Yes, global growth does not seem to be particularly buoyant, but at this point in the cycle, what you've seen is a lot of these shares, especially um, especially diversified, in, uh, diversified miners like Anglo, kept clean balance sheets. Um, they're well managed. So, so in reality, what you're going to see right now is solid dividends over the short term. Yeah. And we are in a situation where you actually don't have sufficient supply, even for a slowing market. So, so, so I think it's a, the long and short of saying that, the, the long and short of what I'm saying is that um, I think it's a quality share. The point in time, the point that we're in in the cycle is one where you tend to avoid commodity shares such as these. However, it's not overgeared like it would be at the peak of the cycle that we saw historically. Um, they may pay some reasonable dividends and, and who's to tell how long this lasts. So I would say, uh, yeah, I would say if, if you hold it, um, I guess this is one that at least reap, reap some of the dividends. You don't have a, you, you have a very low risk of it going out of business. Um, the balance sheet is relatively clean, so there's some level of resilience um, in the stock. The valuation is also not expensive at current at, at current levels. So, no, it's not it's not one that um, I would lose sleep at night, particularly holding. Okay, and JP, do you have any varying views? I think Roy has explained it very well. I would just add that in the case of Allen American, a lot of the earnings currently has been driven by the iron ore price. Yep. Uh, as well as, to some extent, the platinum price, because Anglo-Platinum is a major subsidiary of theirs. So keep your eye on those two commodities. The iron ore price has already been under pressure this year. Platinum is also down from its highs, but it's actually kept up better than a lot of other metal prices. So that probably means, as Roy said, that Anglo is okay, but keep your eye on especially those two commodity prices and something like copper that Anglo also has exposure to. Okay, fantastic. Uh, not too bearish of a case, I guess, on Anglo-American. Um, JP, there's a question here from Paolo also from Twitter. says, hi, Bright. Thanks for the great show. Uh, if I could get the panel's view on Etion and the potential value unlock. I mean, uh, remind us, JP, Etion used to be Ensys, and then they bought TNS and rebranded it to Etion Connect. What's in the stable now? Yes, to be honest, I haven't looked at it for a long time because it's a very small company now. But from what I remember, they were selling their major subsidiary for, for at that time, more than the share price. Correct. Um, so that created a bit of a, a boost for it in the short term. But after that sale, I have no idea regarding the continuing operations of Etion. So I don't have a, a firm opinion on this company. And uh, you, Roy, do you follow this one at all? No, this isn't one that I've kept up with. Um, they went through a lot of corporate action. They went through a lot of um, mergers and acquisitions. But yeah, since then, I've basically largely left it on its own. Okay, so let's see uh, if we have any other questions. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got a question here on SMS, uh, which says, is Kumba a good long-term investment uh, considering the dividend I see? Um, Oh, wait, he says, I see it still remains a sell. So I think he's talking about a sell side analysts here. Um, JP? So it speaks very much to what I said about Anglo-American. The major iron ore subsidiary of Anglo-American is, is Kumba Kumb Iron Ore. Yeah. So on a, on a trailing basis, if you look backwards, it has a high dividend yield because it has made a lot of money from iron ore. Um, if I look at my screen now, the iron ore price has come down from 
over $150 per ton earlier this year to now just under $100 per ton. So the iron ore price is down by a third. So the revenue will be impacted quite negatively. Yes, the RAND has weakened a little bit, but still, uh, that will impact Kumba iron ore. They also get a bit of a premium on their iron ore because it is a better quality iron ore. But their revenue will be under pressure. And because of operational gearing that any company has, it means that the downside on profits will be more than the downward pressure on just the revenue line. So I'm cautious looking forward, which is quite different than looking backwards, which also implies that the dividend going forward could be less than what the historic dividend of the last 12 months has been. Okay, okay, I think we should move on from Anglo Kumba then. Um, we've got a question from Tumelo Rampelo who says, Hello team, I'm thinking of investing in all mutual PE shares. Is it a good long-term investment or should I just put all my money in an ETF? I know this is not ETF watch, so we'll just kick the last bit out and ask you, Roy, about, you know, old mutual uh, and its case currently, the old mutual PE shares, which I think they're called Bulatsila, which means pave the yes. way. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I think if you qualify for these PE shares, there, there's a couple of things you need to, to, to assure Consider. yourself of. Yeah. For, for, first of all, the underlying assets, so the old mutual business itself, and what assets you have access to when you invest in, in this particular share, that's one. How much gearing there is, because what typically happens is there's a loan that the unit is given and maybe dividends get um, paid down that loan or service the interest, and yes. how long it takes for you to get some cash flow. You've, you've seen some of these schemes being very profitable, giving very good, um, solid um, dividends over a period of time. So, so the opportunity is real, but it's very important to first be comfortable with the underlying asset and then be comfortable with the amount of gearing and then to assess for yourself how long it will take for you to see any cash flows. If there are no cash flows, remember you're concentrated in a single asset, in a leveraged very relatively illiquid, um, relatively liquid vehicle. Um, I mean, he mentioned going into an ETF. What an ETF does is gives you diversification, reduces your risk exposure to any one single asset. Um, maybe your upside isn't as much, but again, you sleep well at night. So, so I think those are the considerations you should have. But Tumelo is much younger. Why is she talking about uh, you know ETFs? <laughs> JP, anything to add there? <laughs> Well, uh, yes, I know this is stock watch, not ETF watch, but I must say, if it's not your full-time job to analyze stocks, uh, then an ETF is a serious consideration. I mean, if you look at the last week, Bright uh, and Roy, I'm sure it was in, the, in your case as well, that I spent a lot of hours going through the results. You have times when the whole day is just taken up by companies that report. If you have an ETF, you have like something of everything, so you don't worry too much about uh, uh, what you own and the results. That's why it's called a passive uh, strategy. Uh, you can just sit back and, and keep it for the long term. Well, if you're an active stock picker, that's where you can pick individual shares. But for viewers that aren't active stock pickers because they don't have the time to do the work, uh, I think an ETF is a, is a good choice of investment to put your money in over the long term. Okay, um, interesting. So I don't know what I, sh I got out of the old mutual question, though, because... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. I'll add okay. to that. I'll just say that because, right, we have spoken about that, the old mutual BE deal before. I'll just say it's not quite as attractive as some other deals. Um, it is um, at a discount, and for the next 10 years, your dividends will pay off that lo loan, as Roy referred to. 
Um, but it's not quite as attractive as some other BE deals if you look at the discounted which it is issued at. And if you look at the old mutual results that we released today, uh, the share price uh, took quite a knock because yes. um, the profits were a bit disappointing, especially in the mass foundation cluster, um, which is um, a big part of the business, the majority part of the business. So um, it's probably okay, the old mutual BE deal, um, but I, I do prefer some others. Let's say, for instance, Putumanati. I still like Putumanati as well. It's got a high dividend yield. Um, that that one I would prefer rather than Goldman. Yeah, I think Ian needs to increase, uh, needs to go back to the board and increase that discount. I mean, it was made when it was trading at 13 bucks. Now it's, tra it's trading at parity. There's no longer a discount. So please, oh, Ian, yeah. if you're watching this, <laughs> do the right <laughs> thing. We've got a few questions that have come in. Um, we'll start with this one on the SMS line, which is, uh, Tungela dropped 7% today. What is the reason for this? Uh, did the coal price also fall in tandem, um, Roy? And should one be worried if you're holding these ones? I mean, you've made, I don't know, 400% uh, since <laughs> listing, and then if you add back the, the you know, the massive dividends, you, you, you know, you, you've added to, to your total returns. Yeah, look, together you've done incredibly well. Um, if you held it from listing, if you bought it three months ago, if you bought it four months ago, if you're holding it now, you've got the dividend coming. So I would, I'd imagine as the market is selling off this way, these people who are taking profits, basically, um, banking what they can and, and, and taking profits off the table. I mean, regardless of whether the dividend is coming or not, a lot of people have made a lot of money. So it's not a real surprise. Like, like I said at the beginning, I think, a lot of shares have sold off between yesterday and today and really should not be a surprise that single commodity stocks such as Together experience this level of volatility. It's been a market favorite and at some point um, you'd imagine that people take profits and move forward. So I really wouldn't read too much into it. Um, I guess slower global growth is, is, is a driver in the coal price. But remember, Europe's going into, into winter Demand for coal remains relatively strong. So over the short to medium term, um, you, you should be relatively comfortable holding an energy play. Those are the only stocks that seem to be performing right now. But um, yeah, that 7%, that, 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 that decline today, I think more about profit taking in a down market than anything else. Yeah, JP, anything to add? Also, I'd like to know what Tungela means. Can someone here in my ear tell me what Tungela means? Because in my language, it means to soar for, you know, like for someone. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it means in the intended language. I, I can't help you with that one, uh, Bright, but uh, what I can tell you is that the coal price did not drop today. It's still quite firm. The richest Bay export price around $348 per ton at the moment. Oh, wow. Um, so it didn't drop because of a lower coal price. I, I agree with Roy. I think it's just it's had an absolutely um, amazing run since the announcement of the results and the announcement of the dividend. And remember, we spoke about passive funds um, a bit earlier in the program. There are a lot of ETFs that invest according to the dividend yield, a lot of dividend ETFs. Dividend the moment the company announces yeah. a dividend, um, it means that that ETF must now buy that share because the dividend has been declared. And if there is enough money chasing uh, a stock that's, uh, that maybe not doesn't have the biggest free float, it does mean that there's a lot of buying pressure. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is what has happened over the last month and a bit since the, the uh, dividend announcement, um, because now these ETFs must buy. And uh, they might be close to the weighting that they need to be. 
And that's why the, the shares taken a breather. But it still offers value, still very nice dividend yield. So uh, uh, as we go into the European winter, I can foresee that coal will be very popular still. So incredible. Tungela apparently means ignite. I don't know whether it's Tsonga or, ah. or Venda, but <laughs> it makes sense since they make coal, right? Ignite. <laughs> okay, awesome stuff. Um, we have another question here. It's about Capitech. It says, a stock... Uh, is currently is it is the stock currently a buy at around 2100 bucks uh will their share outperform its peers over the long term this is from jan so, so he, he'll take the oath of not saying anything jp so i'll ask you roy so so that it's good that he asked about relative valuation because in yeah. absolute terms i have never got capital right um <laughs> it, it, it always looks expensive um, it always seems like it's stretched valuation, but it does incredibly well. But if I compare it to its peers, which is basically the big four banks, the valuation differential is huge. The big four banks are probably trading at dividend yields of eight and nine times, nine percent. The price to books, I mean, outside of first round are all around one times, despite having ROEs of about 15, 16%. Um, Capitec is leagues beyond that. Um, so if you're talking about pure valuation, as it stands right now, capital looks extremely expensive relative to these. But like I said, I've never got Capitec right. Uh, it always looks expensive. It always does better than I expect. Um, I think to be interesting to look at its results now when they do report um, based based on their markets and market expectations, because you've seen the, the other big banks doing relatively well um, and the share price is not rallying that significant, despite them promising to keep on paying dividends. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's Capitec <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's a it's a tough one. Look, after the, 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 the shutdown um, of the digital platform a couple of weeks ago, I thought the share price would tank, you know, like half. I don't mm -hmm. know, man. And then I was licking my chops on the sidelines, hoping for <laughs> a big drawdown. Never happened. Unfortunately, <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened. So I don't know, man. <laughs> Sitting on cash currently. So yeah, uh, that's Capitec. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan is asking us, um, he says, uh, what does the panel uh, make of Cap Agri's result today? Um, JP? Yes, it was a trading update by Carp Agri and uh, a very good one. Um, they did say that the earnings are going to grow quite strongly. I think it was just over 20%, so very impressive. Yeah. Um, and uh, boosted by a recent acquisition that they made of a few other uh, full sta uh, filling stations, fuel stations. And they did admit that volumes were under pressure. So obviously, post-COVID, people are still driving less than usual. And the pedal price is high, so people might be carpooling or make, making other plans rather than getting into a car and putting in petrol. Uh, but obviously, the petrol price uh, is quite a bit higher than a year ago. So they benefit from, from that. If you think about margins expressed as a percentage, the higher the petrol price, the better for the, the RAND margins you make. Um, and then people are still going to the stores, uh, more in the outlying areas. But um, you know, if we think about our agricultural economy in South Africa, it has been relatively resilient. We had a little bit of a thing with the EU and our, our citrus that was resolved, thank goodness. But I mean, our agricultural economy has really been a standout performer over the last few years in this country. And a business like Op Agri with some of their stores in the rural areas, smaller towns that sell to a lot of farmers has been doing well. So I like Cop Agri. Uh, you'll get quite a few Cop Agri shares. Um, uh, 
via the PSG unbundling. And I think that extra liquidity will bring it onto a lot of portfolio managers' radars as well. Uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, this is going to be an interesting story, you know, come the next five to ten years because they seem to be executing flawlessly. Um, Roy, for you, I've got a, another yellow gi giant. Uh, please give me your view on MTN. This is from the SMS line. It seems to have pulled back nicely to around the 126 Rand mark. So are you a buyer at these levels or are you worried about the telecom deal? I think Mr. Market is telling us something here about the telecom deal. No, I, I think the thing with MTN is th there's many macro factors that drive perception. So people are scared about <laughs> the ability to get money out of Nigeria, yeah. which, I think is, which I think is unreasonable, but it's not irrational. Um, Ghana is the third biggest market. Um, and that's really been struggling both from a currency and a macroeconomic perspective. So people look at these things and they figure um, then it must mean that we derate MTN because if it's if their big markets are struggling from a micro perspective, it must translate to earnings. Um, you've also seen a lot of issues around governments trying to raise taxes on voice and data and all of that because they all want to increase their revenue. So all of this negative news tends to compound an MTN. But the thing about MTN is it looks optically quite cheap. It trades on like a four times EV beta multiple, which is cheap for an emerging market or even frontier telco. Um, Vodacom, which has far, far, um, far more muted earnings outlook, is trading on like a, on a six times multiple. Safaricom in Kenya also trades on a six or seven times multiple. So MTN is cheap. From an earnings perspective, it's probably going to give you mid-teen earnings growth for the next three years. Um, there's a lot of corporate action that could happen. That telecom deal could happen at a reasonably good price. So there's really nothing wrong with it except for sentiment around these macro drivers in its, in its variety of markets. Because you have to analyze all of these. You have to understand Uganda, Ghana, Nigeria, and all of these places. And, and I guess what the market does is it says, this is too complicated. Let me trade it at a discount. And at a time when the dollar is really this strong, um, I really don't want to be involved in, um, in, in commodities, in, 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 in countries where the currencies look like they're selling off. Um, so long story short, I like MTN. I think you should be prepared for short-term volatility. But over the medium to long term, this is a cheap entry point. Um, and the management team has been executing superbly since they got appointed a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, the last time I was in Ghana was 2019. And since then, um, you know, the, the, the is depreciated dramatically. I don't know what's going on because when I was there, everything seemed to work fine and MTN was amazing. Yeah. They have no competition there virtually. So mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, JP, do you have anything to add on MTN or should we move on to process? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly touch on MTN and then switch to process. I'll just say that um, typically in an arbitrage trade, specifically merger arbitrage, when you have one company proposing to take over another, if you think that the deal has got a high probability to, uh, to go through, you would buy the shares of the company being purchased and you would short the shares of the company making the purchase. So typically in this case, if you think the deal is going to go through, you would buy Telcom shares and you would short MTN shares. Yes. And it could be that some uh, hedge fund participants are positioning for that. In terms of process, still like it. They're still buying back shares, still trading at a discount to 10 cents and all its other uh, investments that it has. 
Um, it must please continue with the share buyback. Okay. Uh, it must decrease the, the weight of Tencent. And we look to see what else is going to happen between Process and Nasdash. Um, there might be further, further corporate action there, but I still like it um, at the current price. Okay, fantastic. Roy, your stock pick for the evening? My stock pick is Supergroup. Yes, SPG. Um, yeah, so, so, so they, they announced their results today, and I think what struck me the most was, um, despite all the macro turmoil that they've seen in their core markets, they were able to grow earnings quite significantly. This management team also decided they were going to issue an, a dividend and buy back shares. Wow. Um, balance sheet is absolutely clean. They've got good exposure to the auto market here and in the UK, which may be a little bit problematic, but that's covered in the valuation. Similar to most um, small cap stocks here, small to, to medium cap stocks, it's trading at a very cheap multiple relative to its earnings. Um, the management team is well versed in operating in emerging markets, and they've done incredibly well historically. I think the market has just ignored this stock. Um, but they've continued to deliver, and I see no reason why they shouldn't continue to deliver over the medium term. Oh, fantastic. I don't know if the UK and Australia are emerging market, but we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> JP, your stock pick for the evening? Right, we're on the eve of spring. Yes. And that means it's time to take out the swimming trunks and maybe jump into the pool. That's so just me, even in winter. Stock. <laughs> even in winter. Well, yes, if you have a heated pool, you can do that. So my stock week is a company called Pool Corp. Yes. It's listed in the U.S. and it's the largest, largest distributor of swimming pool supplies. So if you think about all the chlorine and, uh, and, uh, and brushes and chemicals and even pumps and your creepy crawlies and everything else. And uh, given that so many people have been building houses in the U.S., especially in the sunshine states, the lowest states where the weather is great and there's currently a bit of a heat wave there, uh, it means there's a lot of swimming pools that are going to need a lot of chlorine and chemicals and cleaning, and maybe some people want to upgrade their pools. And I therefore believe that Pool Corp will continue to do well. They had a fantastic year last year, so the concern is that that was a, a once-off. As people were stuck at home, they didn't want to look at the green pools, they wanted nice blue pools. But I do believe that now that, that maintenance has started, it will continue. Yes. Uh, and even though the share price is down roughly 30% over the last year, I think that's a good opportunity to buy a high-quality business that I believe will do well over the long term from here on now. Okay, so fantastic. JP is going with Pool Corp and you, Roy, you're going with Supergroup. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, thanks to my guests, Jean-Pierre Fester from Protea Capital Management and Roy Mutoni from EPSA Asset Management. Julieta is back with Stockwatch tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a good evening. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.